You're listening to Divorce Happy Hour. I'm Christina Previtt, one half of New Jersey Divorce Solutions. Today's topic is the LEO divorce. There are special issues in a law enforcement divorce that are a little different than it is for other divorce cases. We're going to touch on a few of those. This is not intended to take the place of legal advice, so please feel free to call us for a free consultation so that we could discuss your specific circumstances. But let's get started with some generalized information. The first issue in every case is custody and parenting time. So if there are children, and most of the time there are, that's always the first and foremost issue. I know that a lot of law enforcement have unusual schedules. They may work midnights. They may work odd hours. They may not have a typical recurring schedule every week. So whereas in some divorces you can just say, you know, mom or dad gets the kids Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at the same times. You can't always do that with law enforcement because their schedule changes from week to week. I don't want law enforcement to think that they are penalized because they have this atypical schedule. You have every right to be a parent to your children to see them, to be available to them, to have meaningful time with them and not just be an every other weekend dad, and I'm generalizing, but bear with me. You don't have to be an every other weekend dad. So I know that a lot of people have that fear when divorce is discussed, but I want to reassure you that if you want time with your children, and you can be flexible and creative trying to craft solutions to work around your schedule, then you will have every opportunity to do that. We don't live in a world anymore where it's just assumed that mom is the primary caretaker and mom is the one that has to be the one that's mostly with the children. And I don't mean to generalize because I know that there are many women in law enforcement, and I'm talking to you too, so excuse me when I'm generalizing and referring to law enforcement as men. Um, it is more typical, but uh, we totally appreciate that there are a lot of women in law enforcement that also have this issue, and it applies to you too. So what we do is we try to craft creative solutions around this. For instance, sometimes you just have to have a schedule where it has to be evaluated on a monthly basis in advance if you have the kind of schedule that changes from month to month. I know that a lot of people in nursing have that issue where they don't have the same schedule even from month to month. If that applies to you, then we'll just have to review your schedule on a monthly basis, basis in advance, and that's okay. You're not going to not see your children just because we have to put a little extra effort into figuring out what the schedule will be from month to month. Also, with respect to childcare, sometimes that's an issue. If you have to have overnight childcare, you know, you're entitled to have work-related childcare. In my opinion, it's no different than someone who works during the day and has to have work-related childcare during the day or after school, sometimes even in the morning. 
it's no different than if you work nights and you have to have somebody come over and take care of the kids at night or even sleep over, whatever the case may be. Um, a lot of people just have different arrangements. Sometimes they have a, a grandparent that stays over overnight to help. Whatever your situation is, that should not be an impediment to you being able to have a schedule that, that allows you sufficient time to be with your kids. You should not be that dad or that mom that's just swinging by after school at dinner time. So I do want to alleviate that concern. I know that's a very big concern for law enforcement. The other issues are, of course, alimony, child support, property distribution, things that are relating to money. When it comes to child support, most of you are within the child support guidelines. So if you don't know what those are, they are basically guidelines, software, that allow attorneys to just put in numbers based upon your income and certain other factors like if you pay mandatory union dues or if you have mandatory pension contributions, the children's share of health insurance premiums, things of that nature. There's a lengthy list. I'm not going to go through all of them, but there are certain credits that you get. But you plug in the numbers, and it is what it is. So it spits out a number, and that's the child support. It's really not that complicated. A lot of times people get caught up in the credits. I really discourage that. It's just a complete and total waste of your money and legal fees because it, the attorneys all know how to work the child support guidelines, what credits should be there, what credits don't belong there, and the judges know how to do it too. When it comes to alimony, though, there aren't guidelines, and there's a statute with factors, and we're supposed to consider all of these factors. Some of those factors are what is your income, what is your spouse's income, what was the marital lifestyle that you both enjoyed during your marriage? And you're both entitled to continue to enjoy the same standard of living, both of you, as you move forward. The reality sometimes is that there's simply not enough money to go around. And if that is the case in your circumstances, then we have to address that. We have to come up with some creative solutions. When I refer to those creative solutions, it really requires consideration of where you live, what your schedule is, what your, your wife, again, I'm generalizing, what your wife does, how much money she makes. Is she working at capacity? It could she, and if she's not, what should she be doing where she could be working at capacity so that she could be making more money to contribute to her own support? How much child support is she going to get? Uh, where is she going to live? What are you doing with the marital home? Those are all questions that really need to be considered when we talk about alimony, and especially the house. Is the house going to be sold, which then means both of you are moving somewhere else? What town are you going to live in? Are you going to live in the same town? And what will the cost of living be wherever you move? Are you going to downsize 
your house. So if you're living in a five-bedroom house now on two acres of property, what are you going to be moving into? I mean, you certainly don't have to go live under a bridge, but the reality of the situation may be that there's not enough money to continue to maintain you somewhere else in a five-bedroom house on two acres. You might have to downsize a little bit within reason. So those are all things that are part of the conversation. But what does come up in alimony with an LEO divorce is where is the law enforcement officer in his or her retirement? When do we expect that he's going to retire? Because if he's retiring sometime in the near future, or even if it's not in the near future, but it's at an age that is significantly lower than when most of us would be retiring, and we know that that is the case usually with LEO, then we have to address that. What is going to happen to alimony when he retires? So if we're talking about a situation where the wife should be getting alimony for 12 years, but husband is going to retire in five years, then what happens? in that situation. Obviously, the husband thinks that, well, I'm retiring and my alimony should just stop. But that's not really what the law is. And then, of course, wife thinks, no, too bad. You're retiring early. You're just going to have to keep paying me alimony until a later date. Well, I don't think that either one of those positions really wins because there's just not a right answer. If you were collecting Social Security, then it would be easy. We typically consider good faith retirement to be when you start collecting Social Security and you're actually retired. That's sort of the benchmark that we use for what's considered a good faith retirement. But if you're retiring at 50 because you're in law enforcement and you can retire at 50, then that's a different situation. So what the law would require happen in that instance is when you retire, so not before, but when you retire, you would have to make an application to the court and there would have to be an analysis of what is your ability to pay, was it a good faith retirement, what are all of your finances, what are her finances, and you kind of feel like you're going through the divorce all over again. So we really try to avoid that. We try to address adequately what's going to happen when the LEO retires. And when is that going to be? Sometimes there's debate that someone always intended to retire at 25 years and now all of a sudden he's not. Now he's retiring at 20 or he was always going to retire at 30 and now suddenly he wants to retire at 25. We really need to be honest about what were the party's intentions in terms of retirement? Because like I said, you're not, you're not going to just retire and everything automatically stops. So there needs to be a con conversation about what is the alimony for? You know, sometimes it is tied to the children's ages. It's really not supposed to be, but sometimes we do that when we're planning. And so if you anticipated that you would have the wife would have alimony until the youngest one graduated from high school, then we have to see where that fits in to your retirement. We also have to look at what 
equitable distribution both of you are receiving. Because once the LEO retires, he's got a pension, pretty sizable pension usually, that is probably going to be shared in equitable distribution. So you can't count the same dollars twice. The wife can't get a share. I'm just going to say half, but, you know, sometimes it's not half. Sometimes it's less. But in this case, if the wife was getting half of the pension, she shouldn't then get part of the husband's pension when it goes into pay status as alimony because then she's really getting it twice. She's getting 50% of it in equitable distribution, and then she's dipping into the husband's 50% to get alimony. So you're not allowed to do that, and you really have to have somebody who knows the law and is familiar with doing these types of LEO cases and is familiar with doing divorce. So we always recommend that you have someone who strictly does divorce and family law so that they're aware of these things. And that's what we call double dipping. So you're not allowed to double dip. But we ha do have to be realistic about how we're dividing things up, how everyone's going to live on all of the finances, when they not just when they get divorced, but when there's a retirement, and address those things. So you can be creative. There are ways with respect to equitable distribution, this is always the big issue is does the law enforcement officer get to keep his or her pension? That's always wonderful if they can do that. But this is why I am always preaching that everyone, but especially LEO, need to have prenuptial agreements. Because if you didn't do a prenuptial agreement, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you're kind of screwed. Your, your wife or your husband is going to get a bite out of that pension. They're just going to. They're entitled to it. And unless they waive it, they're going to get it. The only way for you to avoid that is with a prenuptial agreement. So what do I mean by this? The wife doesn't always get half. I hear that people come into my office all the time and they say that. They're not getting half unless they're entitled to half. And the way that we figure that out is we do a calculation. It's a formula. And it's based upon half of whatever the marital portion was. So let's say that you're in the pension system for 30 years, which we don't know until you retire, but we make assumptions. So let's say that you're in the pension system for 30 years. And let's say of those 30 years, you were married for 15 years. That means half of the pension is marital. So the wife gets half of what was marital. So in this illustration, she would get 25% of the pension because half of it's marital and she gets half of that. And that's how we do it. It's... It's a formula. It's a, it's a mathematical exercise. There's really no magic to it. We can't ascertain the dollar amount unless we do a formal pension evaluation where an actuary calculates what the dollar amount is. All I can really give you there is the percentage. Um, so 
if you're trying to figure this out on your own, you could figure out the percentage on your own. And it depends how long you're in the pension system, how long you're actually married during that time period. And then the spouse gets half of that. So you actually are better off if you stay in the pension system longer. But I don't want to get into that situation. That's, that's another conversation. So a lot of people want to know, okay, if I didn't do a prenup, then what can I do? How do I save this? Well, you have to pay them some other way. So you need to figure out what is the dollar amount that my spouse would be entitled to. And like I said, you would have to get a pension evaluation by an actuary. And they would come up with a dollar amount. And these are based on assumptions when you'll retire. And you could pay them that amount. Unfortunately, in a lot of cases, it ends up being such a huge amount that it's really, it's just not feasible to pay them. But in some cases, people do it. They decide to maybe give their spouse more of the house, more an equitable distribution elsewhere. Maybe you have other investments and you give more there. We've had people negotiate different alimony terms, much more generous alimony terms, so that the wife would waive the pension. And there are really are a lot of things that you can do, but it does depend on your particular circumstances, how much you do have elsewhere to pay, and your willingness to give up other things. So that's really probably the biggest issue that we encounter in the LEO divorce. If you have concerns, if you're thinking about a divorce or you're going through one now, and this is a big issue for you and you're very concerned about it, then I would invite you to come in for a free consultation and we can discuss your circumstances and we can assess if there is a creative way for your spouse potentially to waive any interest in the pension and be paid in some other fashion. So those are really just some of the bigger issues that come up in the LEO divorce. I'm really just summarizing this. There's a lot more that would be pertinent to everybody's particular situation, and, and I'm really just generalizing here. So if you have any other questions, please give us a call, 732-529-6937. You can find us on the internet at centraljerseyfamilylaw.com. And again, if you are getting married, please get a prenup. That's always the best way to protect your pension. If you are married and you're blissfully happy, which I'm not sure why you'd be listening to this, but if you are, and tell your friends, get a prenup. You can always get a prenup. It's called a postnup after the wedding. I just can't emphasize this more. So tell your friends and maybe we can stop arguing about pensions one day. Thank you for listening.